We've titled the message today, A New Day Has Arrived. Last week we talked about a spectacular day happening on the day of Pentecost and the day of this amazing feast. You know, the word Pentecost means 50th and uh, 50 days after Passover. And, and uh, God so blessed His people with the promise that they would get the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Comforter, the one that He promised, the promised one that would come. And boy, did he, did he ever come. He came, as we read last week, with tongues of fire. He came with the great sound and with the great sight and with the great filling of the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other known languages. And everybody around them heard them speak. You had all these different people from different regions that uh, were hearing these People who mainly spoke Aramaic or Hebrew speak in different languages. And it was a sign that the Holy Spirit had come and that, that the gospel was going to be available to a worldwide audience, right? To a worldwide group, not just to Jews only. It was a sign to come that the Gentiles would be the recipients also of the gospel and and one of the things that happened were the people around them all the this 120 people were gathered in this room thought that they were drunk with wine because uh, they had not seen these humble people uh, act this way they were being bold and they were speaking these amazing truths and so we pick up the story here in Acts chapter 2 beginning in verse 14 would you stand with me as we open up God's Word Titled, Power, A New Day Has Arrived. Not only a new day for these uh, followers of Jesus in the first century, but it's a new day for every believer of Jesus Christ today. Today. Always remember this. While we're looking at the Word of God, and it has a tremendous historical significance, God's Word isn't just a history book. God's Word is alive and powerful to change our lives. And so we can see the doctrinal things that God did then and how it applies to us even today. So a new day has arrived. So we pick up the story here in chapter 2, verse 14. The Bible says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, sort of like what I'm doing, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Now this is the same Peter who denied Christ just a few weeks earlier. This is the same Peter who was scared. This was the same Peter who ran the other way. But yet now, God is using this lowly fisherman to be able to clearly present the truth of the gospel. And boy, is he going to present the truth to them with clarity. And he says here, I say this to you, these people are not drunk, as you suppose. (laughs) It's only nine in the morning. Well, apparently Peter had not been to Louisiana yet. But uh, (laughs) just saying. Uh, But no, it's only nine in the morning. And in ancient times, people didn't drink and get drunk in the morning 
He says, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So in the Old Testament, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old women will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Man, there is a mouthful here. But notice, this, I just noticed these things. Notice, this is coming from the one who couldn't get it right. This is coming from the one who couldn't understand the Old Testament and, and, and the meaning of the Messiah and the times and the, that he had to suffer first and, and then he had to rise from the dead. And even, even before, just, just a few days earlier, he was like, okay, now is the time or are you going to come and set up your kingdom on earth? And I'm sure Peter was one of those saying, okay, all right, all right, you suffered and now you rose from the dead and now you're going to take over, right? And Jesus said, no, 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 no. You guys need to go to Jerusalem and you need to wait <laughs> and some things are going to happen and I'm going to send the promise. And all of a sudden now... Peter has the Holy Spirit, and now he's preaching. And notice what he does. He stands and he explains to the group of people what's going on, and what does he do? He doesn't come from his own recollection. He doesn't come from his own thoughts and gives his own opinion. He goes to the Word of God. He goes to the Old Testament. And now he has an understanding like he never had before about how it all fits together. And what you see in this passage that he quotes from Joel is not just about what's happening now, but what's going to come in the future. That hasn't happened even yet, you know, in our time. So I just see how instantly the Holy Spirit empowers people. The Holy Spirit gives them understanding. And it just, it's a marvelous thing to me. So this new day has arrived. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that we can see this, these glorious things from your word. Thank you that we don't have to be afraid of reading things that maybe we don't fully, completely understand and that you will give us understanding through your Holy Spirit and in your time, in your perfect timing. Thank you that it's a new day for every Christian because we have the Holy Spirit. And we pray it all in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. A new day has arrived. I want to give you three things about this, this new day that came, okay? So let me just get started. Give you the first one right here off the bat. Number one, a new day came for all peoples, the Bible says. What is this new day? What is this thing for all peoples? It's the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Twice in this passage here, in quoting Joel, in the Old Testament, and I've given you this, uh, this verse you'll see here in the purple. It says Joel 2, 28 through 32. It's the same thing that we read here, so we're not going to read that or put that up on the screen because it's the exact quote from the prophet there. But 
he's saying all peoples. And twice he says that the Holy Spirit will be poured out. And he talks about this and he says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And then he clarifies this. You've got to keep this in mind. That the Jews thought it was just for them. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men, he says. He's talking directly to the Jewish people. And then he says, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And many believe that that's talking about the Gentiles. So we see here already even things that Peter doesn't fully understand what he's saying just yet. God's going to have to reveal that to him in a dream about how things are clean you know, and, and, and things that he thought were unclean and how God's going to lead him to go to a man named Cornelius and the Gentiles will be saved and the Gentiles will receive the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at all that in, in, in months to come. But here's what I want you to notice. It is a new day. And he says here, for all peoples. He gets up and he says, look, these people are not drunk with wine. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a new day. And look at what the Bible says in the Old Testament. That in the Old Testament, it prophesies that this is going to happen. That one day, God will pour out His Spirit. And His Spirit is not going to be limited to a place called the Holy of Holies in, in, in a temple made with hands. But that His Spirit will, will indwell every human that gives their heart to Jesus Christ. It's a new day, He's saying. This is a new time. And what you're seeing here, it, you're not seeing debauchery. You're not seeing people drunk with some illicit spirit here. What you're seeing people doing is people are filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's, it, you know it's of God because these are normal people. These are unlearned people. Peter was a fisherman. It's very possible that he didn't know the, 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 all the details of the Old Testament prophecy and how it applies. You know, he was Jewish and he knew the Old Testament, but he maybe didn't understand it like maybe some of the Pharisees and Sadducees and all of those and some of the scribes. But yet, God chose him and he goes to the Old Testament and God gives him understanding so that he can begin to take an Old Testament passage and lay it out and say, look, here's what the Bible says about what's happening now. What you're seeing is what was prophesied all those years ago. You're seeing it before your very eyes. Do you realize this? That the Bible talks about some things that will happen in the last days. And if, if, you're, if you're paying attention, if you... If you're saved and you have the Holy Spirit living within you, you'll see some of these things happening on the news. And you'll go, man, the Bible talks about that. It talks about that. It talks about Israel being reconstituted as a nation again in, you know, in the last days, 1948, when that happened. And now Israel's a country once again. It talks about how you know, the, the, the nations of the earth will hate Israel. Well, Iran continues to talk about wanting to wipe out Israel off the map. It talks about in the last days what life will be like on earth and how, how people will be disobedient to parents uh, they will be uh, full of themselves, seekers of pleasure, you know, not lovers of God, always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And it's no, no 
accident that today we have a bunch of educated fools that are trying to lead us in this world outside of the power of God. And so the Bible speaks to these things. And if you have the Holy Spirit, you can understand this now. And now Peter understands. He goes, oh, that's what Joel was talking about. And not only that, but he's telling the people, this, what you're seeing now, is the fulfillment of that Scripture. And it's for all peoples. Here's the beauty of it, y'all. I was talking to, uh, to our Sunday school class, our men in our Sunday school class today, and saying, guys, you're a Christian. And everywhere you go, God goes with you. The Holy Spirit lives within you. You're not alone. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. He lives within you and He guides you in the all, in the all truth. You don't need a pastor to guide you in everything. You've got someone far greater than a pastor. You have the Holy Spirit of God living in you. Isn't that amazing? I mean, this week, I'd open my Bible early in the morning and go to the proverb of the day and read. And I, I've read those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, but it was like reading something fresh. The Holy Spirit was speaking to my heart and showing me things that applied to my life right now. And, and, and it was a glorious thing. And I'm thinking, I'm a Cajun boy from the Puente Asocias. You say, what is that? My family's from Sausage Point, Louisiana. I mean, think about that. And God chose a Sheremy, a little French boy who was raised to believe a lie theologically, but he pulled me out of that and he saved me and he lives within me and he walks with me and he talks with me and he speaks to me each and every day. But not just me, he does it in you too if you're a Christian. So the Holy Spirit has been poured out for all peoples. And then he talks about this and he says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. In other words, this is not just for priests in the Old Testament to be able to, to hear and see God and to see what God is saying through His Word. Your young men will see visions. What is that talking about? Well, it's talking about taking God's Word and seeing the world the way God sees it and God giving you a vision of what it can be. I remember sitting right here. Well, it's about right over here because we've rebuilt the stage since then. But we used to have steps that used to go across here. And when I came here in this uncompleted sanctuary, and I, I, I came, came for a weekend to meet with the church and to see if I needed to become the pastor here and if God was calling me here. And I remember sitting right here and in this uncompleted building and looking out those clear glass windows before we had the stained glass and seeing nothing but, but cow pastures around and, and wondering, where are the people at? <laughs> and as I'm sitting here, God took me to a passage of Scripture in John where the Bible says, where I am, there my servant will be also. And then he said to me in my heart, and he said, I'm here. And he gave me a vision for what we could be. 
And 27 years later, I'm still, still living in that vision. And that vision is being, is being brought forth before my very eyes each and every day. And so that, I, don't, I don't know if that's exactly what it's talking about. But in other words, what it's saying is that, is that the, the moving and the working and the mysterious working of God in people's lives are not just reserved for a special elite group of clergy. But it's for you and me. Do you have a vision for your family? Do you? I know your kids may not be serving the Lord today, but maybe you should have a vision of what it could look like if they are serving the Lord. And so he says here, your old men will dream dreams. I guess I'm in that category now because they keep sending me AARP membership things and I'm not joining not well sir do you have an AARP card do I look like I should have an AARP card yes well I don't he says even on my servants both men and women I will pour out my spirit in those days they will prophesy they will preach they will teach and then Peter is up there Peter's actually living out that that prophecy. Just an ordinary man preaching. Pretty cool stuff. So, look what the Bible says here in Galatians 5, 16 through 25 about the Holy Spirit. We're filled with the Spirit. We've been baptized with the Spirit. And so the Bible says, so I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. See, listen. It's not just for pastors to have the power to live clean and holy lives. It's for all of us. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And here's why. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit's been given to us. And because we have the Holy Spirit, it's a new day. And because we've been saved, not only is it a new day, but we have a new life. And in that new life, we have a new way to live. I'm not controlled anymore by fits of rage. I had something happen to me a few weeks ago that got me really angry. And I told our men this. I told our men this in our class. I said, you know, it, it was a situation, and, and I can't go into detail about it, but can I ask you this question? Have you ever wanted to slam your phone on the ground? 
Don't raise your hand, but have you ever done it? I'm not going to ask you that, okay? Don't want to embarrass anybody, but I will say this. It was a situation that, it was a text situation, and I got so angry. I, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to go to jail, so I can't go punch the person. That's not right. That's not Christian. That's not right of me, and that's not the way Christians should act, and that's not good. But man, I was just like, everything within me, a fit of rage was starting to fill me because it was just, ooh, ooh, ooh. I was just like that. And I'm like, I got to be able to do something. And so the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and said, oh yeah, you can do something. And I, I basically made a beeline because it was, it was outside of my garage area. I made a beeline back to the office. I was eating lunch when all that happened. And I came see Brother Cameron and Miss Jen, and I said, look, I need you to pray for me. I need prayer. told them what was going on. And, I, and I'm telling you, within about 10 minutes, everything changed. And I had the power to walk in the Spirit. You see what I'm saying? And not to give in to that fleshly temptation, to that fit of rage, to the flesh. Because I don't live that way anymore. That doesn't mean that I'm not tempted by it. And it doesn't mean that I may not engage in some of that, but I shouldn't. I, I, I don't live that way anymore. And all those sins that were listed in that passage in Galatians. Because you see, listen, I'm a Christian now. You're a Christian. And now we have power within us through the Holy Spirit. And now we can walk in the Spirit. And we don't have to fulfill the lust of the flesh anymore. And now I can... I, I can live with the um, fruit of the Spirit flowing out of my life. And I can keep in step with the Spirit walking with Him. And it's not just for super hyper-spiritual people. It's for all peoples who have received Christ as their Savior. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? For all peoples. Number two, it's a new day. It's a new day for judgment. Notice what Peter says here as he's quoting Joel. You've got to understand as you look at this Old Testament passage, it's talking about the, age, the entire age of grace, the entire church age. I don't know if Peter understood the timing of all of this, but this, he's talking about a prophecy that's, that started there and, hasn't, and this next part hasn't happened yet, even to this day. He talks about the judgment in verse 19 and 20. It says, I will show wonders in the heavens above, the, above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. It's that great and glorious day of the Lord that we talk about. Look at what Matthew 24, 26 through 31 says about that. It says, so if anyone tells you, Jesus said, there he, he is, out in the wilderness, do not go out. In other words, many Christ will come in my name, he was saying. Here he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe him. For as lightning that comes from the east and is visible even in the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. 
Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And He will send His angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather His elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. So, this meek, impulsive little fisherman who denied Jesus is basically the chosen leader of this group right now. And he is filled with the Holy Spirit. And he stands with biblical application and Old Testament knowledge. And he lays out before them what you're seeing right here is happening right now. And it's for all people's And then he has the courage to say what Joel said about what's coming. About the end times. See, it's a new day. The Holy Spirit has been given. But let me just say this. People waited thousands of years for wrongs to be made right. We preached an entire series out of um, Hebrews chapter 11 on, on, on faith. And we talked about all those that were named in there that went through difficult times, but yet their faith was the mark of their lives. And then latter, in the latter part of that chapter, it talks about unnamed people of faith who yet have not received the promise, but yet they still believed. Some were sewn in two. They were, they were mutilated. Their bodies, as long as, you know, they were basically given an option, you know, deny your faith in Jehovah God or we will kill you. And they decided to be killed because they wouldn't deny their faith. They had not received the promise yet. And what Peter is saying right here, it's a new day, it's a new dispensation, and it's the beginning of the church age, and the clock is ticking, and one day Jesus is going to come back, and one day all these wrongs will be made right, and one day every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's coming, and it's a great and glorious day that's going to happen. And it's a great and glorious day because for those of us who belong to Him, the elect, we will be with Him. And we will not be into judgment because we have passed from death into life, John 5.24 tells us. We shall not come into judgment. We are no longer in the condemnation anymore. But we belong to Jesus. Look at what 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 6-10 through 10 says about this day of judgment also. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. And give relief to you who are troubled. And to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with His powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. On the day He comes to be glorified in His holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed 
This includes you because you believe our testimony to you. So Peter rises up and he talks about this new day that's happening right before them. It's for all of you. And he reminds them of this coming judgment. The great and glorious day of the Lord. May I just remind you today, Christian, do not despair. You may live in a community or in a state or in a country. Of course, we, we don't live in a state like this, but there are people who do live in states like this where their governors hate God. I remember the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, a while back when, when, when COVID was going on, and he wrote a book and took credit for the early so-called success of COVID and how they responded. And, and he says, your prayers did not do this for you. Your God did not do this for you. We did this for you. Andrew Cuomo is going to stand before God one day and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Fidel Castro used to make children in Cuba at their school desk close their eyes and bow their heads and say pray to God pray to God for a meal and they would pray and he would say they would say the teachers would say open your eyes and what do you see there and they would say we have nothing and they say close your eyes again and ask Fidel to provide you with food and the teachers would pass out food And the children would open their eyes and look on the desk and they had food that they needed. And he would say, God did not provide that for you. Fidel Castro provided that for you. Well, Fidel Castro is no longer on the face of this earth. And we will see him one day confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's a judgment coming. The great and glorious day of the Lord. So Christian, don't fret. For the world in which we live where they hate your values and they hate what we stand for. I'm not saying we shouldn't fight and I'm not saying we shouldn't stand for what we believe in. We should. One of our families in our churches just found this out today. Uh, Family lives in Colorado and they, uh, they took their sick child to a pediatrician. And the first question the pediatrician asked was this. Do you identify as a little boy or a little girl? Yes. And the father immediately took his child from there. But the story's not over. Children's services were called on them, on him. And the police showed up at their house, not once, but twice. And you wonder what this world is coming to. And I don't know what the end is going to be for us and how it's going to be in, in regard to to some of this happening in our country. I'm thinking, wow, man, that's happening in Canada, but I didn't think Colorado had that going on. But it does. And it causes us to want to think, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to us? And it wants to create fear within us. But Peter reminds us right here on this day of Pentecost that there's a day coming. It's all going to be made right. So Christian, don't fret. It's all going to be made glorious. And those who make fun of you and laugh at you for your Christian faith and who revile you for what you stand for, you don't have to convince them. You just keep living for Jesus Christ. And in the end, it'll all be made known. There's a day of judgment 
coming. And for those who are not Christians, let me just say to you, you're not just playing with fire, you're, you're playing with eternity. And that's not a game to be played. You lose every time. Don't mess around with Jesus. You, you, heard, you heard what that scripture says. And those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, you've been presented with the gospel many times, but you've chosen not to obey it. And I just want to say to you, I don't know who you are in this room. God knows who you are. But it's time to obey before it's eternally too late. Let me give you a third thing here. So we've got a new day for all peoples. A new day of judgment is coming. And there's a new day for salvation. A new day for salvation. Look at what he says here in quoting Joel. He says in verse 21, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Now again, Peter doesn't fully comprehend all that he's saying. He's quoting scripture here. We're going to find out as we work through the book of Acts that God had to reveal it to him in a dream. That the gospel wasn't just for the Jews, but for everyone else also. But he was faithful to preach what God had laid out right here. And he was preaching to these folks from different regions. And you had believing Jews and you had those who had converted to Judaism that were there. And he said to them, Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This salvation is for you. It's a new day. Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. Look at what Romans 10, 9 through through 13 says. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you might be saved. No, no, go back. Go back to the scripture. Go back to verse 9. There you go. Does it say you might be saved? No. It's a fact. And what Jesus says, He means. And what the Word of God says, it means. You believe in your heart that God raised it from the dead, you will be saved. And then look what's going on in verse 10. And it says here, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved as as scripture says anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame for there is no difference between jew and gentile the same lord is lord of all and richly blesses all all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved so it's a new day for salvation Y'all, the gospel is still available to people today. I think sometimes we, to our shame, put limits on what God can do. And we see someone that's hopelessly, notice the word I use, hopelessly. In our minds, we think they're hopelessly lost because of a certain way that they're living. And that they're just so far gone. But we don't take into account The power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Word of God not to return empty when we 
unleash it and let it go like Billy Graham said. You don't need to defend the Word of God. It's like a lion. Unleash it and let it go. It'll defend itself. It'll do its own work. And let the Word of God go and speak it. And the Holy Spirit begins to move in people's lives. And that person that we think that is hopelessly lost, God begins to work upon them and begins to deal with them in their heart. And they come to a place where they call upon the name of the Lord. I'm telling you, that was my salvation experience. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know all the right words to say. I I went to church for a couple of times, and I heard what the pastor was preaching, but I didn't understand it all. but, But God was giving me a little bit of understanding because the Holy Spirit was working in me, bringing me to a place where I can make that decision for Him. And I remember laying in my bed, in the twin bed, my brother on the side of me, and I just remember this. I said, God, I believe the Bible is true, and, and I believe what that pastor said, and, and so uh, I'm going to do what he said. Uh, uh, I don't know how to do this. I, I just don't, but uh, God, would you just save me? That's what I said. I was calling on the name of the Lord. Nothing seemed to happen at that moment. Jesus didn't bust through my roof and start dancing with me on the bed and telling me that I'm a Christian and all, everything's cool. None of that happened. I'm like, well, I prayed that prayer. I guess it didn't happen, but truly meant it. And I went to sleep. And I woke up the next morning, and I went to school. But something was different in me. I began to notice people, you know, my buddies began to, to talk to in their regular vocabulary, which every other word was, was vulgarity, and it was like a piercing knife in me. And I'm like, what is up with that? It, it, it wouldn't come out of my mouth, those things. And, and, and all of a sudden, the catcalling we used to do and the wrong things that we, we used to do toward the ladies and the young ladies and all of that, they were doing it, and it, 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 it made me feel horrible. And I was just like, whoa, what's going on? And before the day was out, I went find a Christian group at school. And, and all of a sudden, man, things began to happen. And I realized, you know, later... And I got saved the night before because God's word is true that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a new day. And God is still at work and he's still saving people. He's saving our children. Do you realize that, church? He's saving our children right underneath our own noses. Our children are getting saved left and right and they're getting baptized. Isn't that amazing? The world's trying to steal them, but God is saving them. And it's a glorious new day. One of the first things that happened to me today, I knew knew about it, but I had not talked to her yet. And a young lady came to me. She said, Pastor Corey, I need to tell you something. I'm going to be getting baptized. I gave my life to Jesus. Yeah. And she wants one of her leaders on Wednesday night to baptize her. I'm going to talk to you about that the day she gets baptized. Little Gracie. And I'm just standing there. This ain't no ordinary Sunday. I got a child that walked up to me 
excited about giving her life to Christ. The scripture that Peter was using back on this day, on the day of Pentecost, is happening right before my very eyes right now. It's a new day. In a few weeks, we're going to have a a conference here for Identify Ministries, and it's going to be for hope for families to help them with the issue you know, of, of, of what the world is teaching. And we're going to give them biblical truth here. And there are going to be some people here who came out of a sinful lifestyle, not unlike you and me, right? Who came out of a sinful lifestyle. And I'm going to be reminded that it's a new day. It's a new day for salvation. That the gospel is still available to whoever calls upon the name of the Lord can be saved. Doesn't matter what background, doesn't matter what they've done, it doesn't matter how they used to live. That the gospel has been presented to them and they receive Christ and their life has been gloriously changed forever. Y'all, that's what a church is. That's what a church is about. That's the message we should preach. And that's the message that was preached on the day of Pentecost, inspired by the Holy Spirit through a, a humble, crazy little fisherman that probably had some Cajun in him. Jewish Cajun. Is there such a thing? I just made it up. And I'm excited about that. And it means a lot to think about what God has done. This is not some history book we're reading that happened a long time ago that has no application to you and me today this very stuff is happening right before us today today i don't want to embarrass him but he's not in this building right now and in in you know it's not i think he's doing security i think he just walked in in the back but my my very son i see him changing before my very eyes can do something like that only God because I couldn't who can give wisdom like that only God I don't know what I'm trying to say here at the end I don't know how to close this message out I really don't so let's stand together everybody we'll let the Holy Spirit close it out I just don't know how A new day has arrived, and it's we got 24 hours in a day, and I can stay up here for long, longer than that, but we don't need to do that. So, Father, we give you this moment in time. We're going to trust you for how you have spoken to our lives and what it means to us, to each individual in this building. Thank you that you're alive. Your Holy Spirit is available to us. It's a new day. A new day to walk with God. A new day to experience Him and to know what He's all about. A new day for salvation. And Father, we know that one day 
You're going to make it all right. Judgment will come. But Father, help us to be the people of God that we would pray that you'd give us another day, Lord. Give us another day to reach someone. One more for Jesus. One more. With our heads bowed, eyes closed for just a moment. How has God spoken to you today? I don't know. I'm just a man. But maybe he's spoken to you about, about something in this message. And he wants you to act upon that. It could be as simple as praying. It could be as simple for you as getting out from your comfort zone and coming to the altar and praying and just laying it before Him. It, it reveals to Him how serious you are about what you're dealing with. It could be that, okay, I need to get committed to a local church. This is where I need to be. It could be that today's the day for you to make your decision public. Like that young lady who came to me before Sunday school today. Pastor, I'm ready to commit my life to Christ, to give my heart to Him, and to follow in believer's baptism. You let the Lord lead you, and you obey Him. And Father, we pray it in His name. As our worship team leads us in this time of consecration and dedication to Him.